Welcome to the Tactics Meeting. I'm your host, Dan Smiley, and here on the program, we talk to subject matter experts about response tactics and technology, really about all things emergency response. And today we're going to be looking at the navigation program iNavX and how we can use that on iOS or Android devices to create a rapid common operating picture and share that within our 201 applications. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Portage Bay Solutions, who bring you their Easy 213RR app. Some of you might have seen it at Clean Pacific last year. We've used it at a number of tabletop exercises at the end of 2022. It's all online, makes it really easy to get credit for the resource ordering process. So if you got drills coming up this year, and you want to nail down that part of your credit checklist, head on over to Portage Bay Solutions and check out the Easy213RR app. And I thank John Newhoff and his team for their support. Welcome to the Tactics Meeting. Today on the program, I have Sean Steingold, who is the general manager of iNavX a navigation program for the iOS platform, both iPad and iPhone. I've used the program since it's originally showed up as a Mac application uh, called Mac ENC, and today use it as one of the technology tools to support oil spill response, and I'm really excited to have you on the program, Sean, to talk about your application. Dan, thank you very much. Just appreciate this opportunity. And, you know, we always love talking about iNavX and especially you being a real customer and user of iNavX. We're going to have a fun conversation talking about your experience. And I want to be able to share with you and the listeners a lot more about iNavX, what we do and why we do it. Well, that'll be great. So to start off with the, the listeners who don't know what iNavX is, this is a, a navigation software program, a mapping program for vessel operators. But what makes me use it in the oil spill world, what makes it fall into that tactics and technology section of the podcast is its ability to show nautical charts to... Uh, import weather, which I used a lot on the response I was doing down in Santa Cruz. We were looking for a weather window to fly helicopters, and it was really nice to be able to pull that surface analysis map right into NavX and scroll forward three or four days, four hours at a time. That was great. The ability to overlay uh, AIS, automatic identification system data from vessels, makes it just one of those mapping tools that I think is indispensable to have in your toolkit. So, Sean, how, how long have you worked with iNavX? And can you give us a little history of the program, how it came about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you started off talking about what is iNavX. So the way we describe it kind of layman terms is we are Google Maps for the water. 
I like that. And we're a navigation application that is mobile-based. So for iPhone, iPad, and Android. So we're on Android phones and tablets as well. And we give people the ability to navigate over waterways. Uh, we think of iNavX as the world's premier navigation and software application. And then we partner with a lot of cartography and data providers to populate iNavX with all the charts that people need and additional services. And you touched on two big ones, weather and AIS. Uh, I bought the business back in 2015 from the original developer. Uh, the story that I like to share about Rich, who was the original developer, is he retired in 2001, moved from Oregon to Hawaii, taught himself to sail, and being a big Mac aficionado, grew frustrated that at the time, there were no navigation applications for the Mac. Everything was PC-based. So being a software engineer, took it upon himself to build one. A Mac ENC from that very humble start developed a cult following. When the iPhone was released in 2008, the iOS uh, App Store in 2009, Rich ported Mac ENC, which was a Mac application, to iOS, and hence iNavX was created. And iNavX really grew on top of the success that Mac ENC, the Mac application, had and took off like a wildfire. And a few years into the business, Rich turned around and just asked himself this question, which was, I thought I'd retired. Why am I working so hard? And when you have a product that grows that strong, develops such a big following, it does become a full-time job. There are always new features, there are updates, there are customers that have questions. And Rich wanted to retire again. So my business partner and I have been in the mobile application space for a while. We had bought mobile application companies. We had started, we had experience in the navigation category too. And through contacts, got to know Rich. And it just reached a point where it made a lot of sense for us to take iNavX forward and allow Rich to go back and retire on his sailboat. So when he poured, he poured it to iOS, but it wasn't an Android product at that time. You must have done that. That's correct. We ported it to Android in 2018. Also really quite recently. Yes. At least half of the people I work with are Android users. So that's great that it's native to Android as well. It is. You know, iNavX is just a truly wonderful product. And we always get so enthusiastic when we talk to users and we learn about the use cases and what they do. Uh, we're obviously able to see a lot of data, so we get to understand our users a lot too. Uh, iNavX, from all of my experience in the mobile application world, it's the only app that I've ever come across where the iPhone to iPad split is 50-50. Really? Because I only use yeah. it on my iPad. I think it's probably because I just don't have enough memory on my on the current yeah. version of my iPhone, but I, I let it ride in my iPad. Yeah, most people use apps on their phones because that is the primary, what we kind of like to say internally, the control panel for your life. Everything's on your phone, everything's an app. But iNavX, it's really become an iPad heavy user base. And the reason is, it's much easier to put your iPad on top of your MFD, your inbuilt display system, and use iNavX that way on an iPad. The bigger screen, the bigger real estate, it's just an easier function. 
And what's iNavX today? It's free to download. You pay for your charts each year and you can use your iPad that's sitting in the bottom drawer of your study. So the use case and the cost benefits is so compelling because if I was to walk into, say, a West Marine store today and buy any reasonably priced Ray Marine system, I'm in for four figures, five maybe, depending on my setup. Yeah, I just, I, I mentioned this to you before the podcast started, but I just I just acquired a new sailboat and, and it has a Ray Marine system on it, Ray Marine radar, chart plotter. Um, and if I had to, and it's relatively old, if I had to upgrade that systems navigation, you're right, it'd probably be at least two grand. Even if I could reuse the radar uh, dome itself, yeah. the rest of it would be quite ex quite expensive. Yeah. And I guess I've had it on my iNavX on my iPad for long enough that I haven't really thought about charts, but the NOAA raster charts, they download for free, right? They are available for free as a download within the app. Uh, one of the troubles with the NOAA raster charts is that no longer, sorry, NOAA is no longer supporting those and publishing them on a ready basis. Okay. They've moved to the real-time vector system. So we have their new vector charts available, but we do make the NOAA raster versions available as a free download within the app. That's correct. Okay, so it's the raster versions that I'm using. So tell me about downloading the vector charts. Uh, well, I don't know how much you want to go into the difference between kind of raster or vector, but obviously one of the big use cases or big experiences that people will understand is the raster charts that are available in INFX are individual tiles. So you'll download each individual tile, whereas the vector chart, just given the compression algorithm that supports it, enables you to download a full region and seamlessly pan, zoom, and scroll, similar to an experience you would have with, say, Google Maps. So you could, for example, go in and download the entire coast of California and then seamlessly zoom in and out and pan and scroll any way you like. So is that a subscription within the application then to get the vector regions? In that the is correct. Yes. I think we are offering all of the United States NOAA vector charts for $20 a year. Oh, I'm doing that this afternoon. All right. Well, <laughs> well, that's, well that's good. I am a little tired of 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 uh going from tile to tile from 18400 to 18421 to i mean i'm kind of exactly. used to it i'm a mm -hmm. professional mariner i'm used to i you know in my region i know all the chart numbers mm -hmm. and which chart i'm looking for but it is a little bit of a hassle it is uh outside of the nowhere else the charts all the charts available within inovex today are vector to enable to support that very seamless pinch scroll pan zoom that kind of gesture based navigation that everybody is familiar with but you also get a better quality product and charts because of the compression algorithm and the additional detail available in the vector charts what kind of uh editing is available within the application i know i can add waypoints but is there any kind of uh markup that you can do within the application i haven't seen it so that's why i'm asking yeah uh you touched on really the key action right there which is a waypoint so what is a waypoint it's a marker on a chart 
Now, what you want to do with that waypoint is entirely up to you. You can use it for navigation and lock into your lat long and hold it as a waypoint and incorporate it into a broader route. Um, so that's very easy. I personally use a fun feature that we have within INFX, which is the ability to edit waypoint markers. So if you open INFX, you drop a waypoint and you hit edit, it'll pull up all the details with that waypoint, right? Such as the lat long, you can add in notes. And then there's a little button there that shows you the icon. Now we default it, I think, to like a yellow pin drop. But we have close to 100 different icons within the database there. So you can go in and you can pull it up and you can have a martini glass. You okay. can have an image of a tuna fish. Uh, when I was uh, racing in San Francisco Bay, I would have all of the racing icons. So the actual visual cue, say of the orange tetrahedron for the first uh, waypoint, I can recreate that exact icon in INFX. So now my visual cue, when I look at INFX for the charts, and when I look up in the horizon, I'm looking at the same marker. Oh, that's great. So this will be down a little bit of a, a, a rat hole, but I used to race in San Francisco Bay. Uh, when I was in the Fantastic. Coast Guard, I raced a Ranger 26 out of Presidio Yacht Club mm -hmm. every weekend that my ship was in port which was only about four months out of the out of the year but whenever i was in town i i was racing and so i love racing san francisco yeah. bay yeah uh i was a member of the san francis yacht club still am and we would race friday night out of the golden gate yacht club which was the host of the america's cup when that was in town and they had a wonderful friday night beer can or bucket race and we would always bring friends and guests who were in town out to race with us, but we had to do a little bit of a briefing. And I think you know where I'm going with this. This isn't your casual, let's wear little t-shirts, board shorts, hold a beer when you're doing Friday night races in the summer in San Francisco. It's full valleys, full safety lines. You know, that wind is whipping in, hitting 35 knots very easily. So the conditions gnarly but fun and you just have oh. to know what you're getting yourself into it's fun i raced out of the golden gate yacht club on one of those friday night series a couple of times and one the guy who owned the 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 uh sailboat i was facing on it's like yeah we're gonna sail out of the yacht club on friday and lots of crew just come along it's like oh, i'm having my wisdom teeth out that day i probably won't be up for it well you don't have to do anything don't worry about it just come sit on the rail have a beer i'm like okay great so I did that. I came out there. Supposed to have six people. There were three of us, right? And I'm like, uh, are we going to go to do this? He goes, sure. I ended up working the four deck. We took line honors that night. Congratulations. So that was the last time I sailed out of the Golden Gate. Good barbecue afterwards, <laughs> too. Fantastic barbecue. Yeah, love it. Love it. So icons. So can you add your own icons? Can I import my own icons? We don't support that, I'm afraid. Uh, okay. So here's why I ask. So mm -hmm. one of the things that we do in emergency response, oil spill response, is that we're always developing a, a situation map. And I've used IVNAVX to try to do that and then take a screenshot and put it into my report. And that works okay. Mm -hmm. But there are very specific mapping icons that belong to the incident command system. 
And it would be really interesting if you were to add a, a subset of incident command system icons to allow that kind of mock-up, the, the little square that is the command post, the little circle and S that is the staging area, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. no, no need to comment on it, but something to think about. If you knew what the format was and the graphic size, I'm sure we could come up with yeah. something. I think, Dan, that's an easy problem for us to solve, and I want to solve it in a new way. Uh, you asked, can I add in my own icons? And that creates a whole level of complexity because we have to standardize for quality, image size, make it available, publish it in real time. But what we can do is we can update the database ourselves. So if for the your situation, if there are a dozen or two dozen icons that you would use for emergency response, if you can provide those to us and you and I can take this offline, we can have it loaded up and made available. That's a much easier problem to solve. I think that would be amazing. All right. Well, we'll pick, we'll pick that up. We'll pick that up offline. People will love that. All of you, Larry Ryan, if you're listening, yeah. you'll love it too. Okay. Uh, and now, Dan, just tell me why can't the command center be a martini glass? Well, it could be for me, okay. probably, but okay. that wouldn't follow the incident command system. Yeah. And the Coast Guard and of... the EPA would likely frown upon it. We got Jolly Roger in there if you'd like. No, I definitely I'll be using that. That's that's for sure. <laughs> I love that you have a subscription available for AIS. I have been able, I work closely with the Marine Exchange of Puget Sound and have successfully, really quite easily, plugged their uh, aggregated feed URL and port into iNavX and Bob's your uncle, there's the AIS display, which is super great. You also offer it as a subscription. Can you can you tell me what the subscription covers and where that data yeah. is actually coming from? Of course. Uh, so to step back to something I shared at the very beginning when we were talking about INAVX, we know what we are good at. And what we are good at is building and publishing and running the best marine navigation software. What we then like to do is go out and partner with other leading providers in the industry, whether it be cartography companies or data providers. When we talk about AIS, we partner with a wonderful company out of Canada called SeaTech. SeaTech is S-I-I-T-E-C-H. And they have built over the past ooh, well over a decade now, basically a network around the world of AIS transponders and receivers. And they've created this mesh network, which we then tap into and provide access to through iNavX. And so with the subscription, you basically get access to their AIS live system. Uh, it does require a data connection because you have to tap into that real-time feed that's provided over an internet protocol. Uh, but once you are, you can then drop any waypoint or any location anywhere in the world, and you'll be able to pull up everything that's published in the AIS network. Oh, that's really cool. So yeah, AIS, I've been I've been working on some AIS and a little AIS viewer of my own, and it's complicated. It's really, it's really complicated. It is complicated. Uh, I mean, I can go into so many of the problems that CTEC has had to work through. 
but one of which is amalgamating a bunch of these different networks that are already out there and then expanding it with their own coverage. And really what that entails, because we've had people reach out to us saying, like, I don't have coverage for AIS in my bay, harbor, river, wherever it is. So the solution is CTEC will actually send you a kit that all you'd have to do, it's about the size of a shoebox, plug it in to electricity, to a power outlet, and to a Wi-Fi feed or a network. And then it will just continually expand it, basically, like a mesh network. Okay, so they... They give you the hardware for free. You provide the the antenna location, hopefully with Correct. good line of sight and uh, power and internet connection. And then that bit of the feed gets added to the mesh network. And then you you've now expanded the coverage. So Correct. now you're you're part of the family, so to speak. Yes, exactly right. And, you know, that you talk about family, and I love that analogy, because that's really what it is, you know, you giving other people the ability to see into the AIS network around that location. Whereas at the same time, you're probably dialing in and wanting to get that visibility in another location. And that's being enabled by somebody else. Uh, So that is the way, you know, AIS live works. Uh, Your example is a little different because we support AIS two ways. One is this AAS live feed through CTEC. The other is just connecting INFX directly into your uh, vessels instruments through a TCP IP connection. And so what I'm doing is I'm taking the Marine Exchange of Puget Sound's aggregated feed. So like CTEC, they have their own antennas up throughout the Puget Sound, coast of Washington, Columbia River and are monitoring traffic in real time just in this region. And I'm plugging in that UDP uh, connection into iNavX and I see the whole region and it's, it works very, very well. Fantastic. Well, thank so, you for sharing that. No, it's, it's, it's pretty slick. So weather, I've been using it for weather as well. And sure, I can go out to the National Weather Service and I can pull up the surface analysis charts and I can look at those, but it is nice to be able to overlay that surface analysis right on top of the area that I'm navigating through or that I'm planning to navigate through. Where do you, and I subscribed for a year to that, here a couple of weeks ago so that I could use it for a response that I'm on. Where is that feed coming yeah. from? How do you get that data? So again, when we look at weather, we've approached it the same way we looked at IIS, AIS, sorry. Uh, we're approaching it two different ways. So one, for free within INFX today, you can pull in your group files. So you can make your determination on location, type, download it, and then that will show as an overlay on any chart. And so that's your traditional group files. The second way we do it is through another annual subscription. And this is with a partnership we have in a company out of the UK called Fairweather. And they're one of the premier uh, maritime weather providers. And they give us access to their weather data. And with the subscription to Fairweather, you can access worldwide weather, worldwide weather forecasts, and different weather instruments. And it's shown as a visual overlay again on the charts. Yeah, that that it's really nice. That was worth the subscription. As soon as that yeah. as soon as that popped up, I was like, yeah, this this is really good. What 
what are the other, I've just gotten back into the navigation side of it. I've been using the AIS. I've been using the, the weather. What about tides and currents? Tides and currents, we partner with a company called Air Tides. It's another application. And we've established a protocol between the two apps. So you will need both applications, the Air Tides application and the INEVX application. And then the data gets shared between the two. Are there any other features of INAVX that, uh, from you hearing my use cases, I might be interested in? Uh, I will say we've spent so much of our time as we've been building out INAVX, really solving one big problem. And it's more than one problem, it's really two. There are always two use cases to solve. One is the recreational boater, that's going to go out two to three times a year, once essentially Google Maps for the water and needs something that's very easy and convenient to open, understand, and use. Hey, where am I? What's the depth under my keel? I got to go from point A to point B. How do I do that? So that's use case number one. The second use case is somebody down a much, somebody much more like you, you know, a real merit, uh, no, uh, you know, I think about your use case. I remember in San Francisco, I was out at a restaurant one night, start talking to the guy next to me, ends up he's a ferry captain of one of the ferry vessels in San Francisco Bay. And he was telling me that he uses INFX on his phone over there on board systems. We have the uh, port crew in Rio de Janeiro Harbor using INFX. And so when you think about these professional use cases, INFX needs to support the depth of features that they require. And so the problem we have to solve is we've got to support the recreational boater who's using it two to three times a year, and it needs to be as clean and simple and easy to use for them, as well as all the advanced capabilities that a professional would need. So it was a little bit of a detailed answer to a simple question, like what else is there in INFX? Uh, the ability to drag and drop waypoints is fantastic. And I'm going to actually share a quick story, Dan, that you share with me, because it's what I do. I sit on my couch, watch a ball game, and I plan my routes. And if you think of back in the day, having to sit on board your vessel and fiddle with the knobs to move waypoints and routes, yeah, I much prefer doing it in the comfort of my home, in the warmth of my home, especially if you're up in the Puget Sound in winter, and being able to watch a ball game and plan routes. Well, I mean... Back in the day, I remember the Furuno I had aboard the Yellowfin when I was sailing freight to uh, Alaska and to put in a waypoint, I literally had to go, to go into the menu, select a number for the waypoint, then type a name with the horrible keypad that was available, and then punch in a longitude and a latitude, and then save it to a, a route. And if you were coming on board, uh, and I used to carry a three ring binder around with me that had, you know, printed out routes with waypoints. And I'd get on a ship I hadn't been on before. And I end up, you know, programming this route in by hand. It'd take, you know, two hours to go through this sheet of paper to mm -hmm. program a route back yeah. in again and to be able to drag and drop it and say, yeah, that's good right there. Mm -hmm. That's great. I could see if I was, 
you know, a Puget Sound pilot or something, I'd want to have all of that with me. Yes, I'd use the ship's gear, but it would sure be nice to be able to look over and have a, a second check. Yeah. Maybe that would have kept the uh, Costco boost on from running into the Bay Bridge coming out of Oakland back in 2005. Yeah, that's a great story. Uh, but you actually just touched on something that we speak about a lot, which is redundancy. You know, when I learned to sail and I learned to boat, my grandfather taught me. And the biggest lesson he always taught, taught me was have a backup, have a backup plan, have a backup life vest, have a backup line. That redundancy is key. And so with something like INFX, which is just an application on your phone or your tablet, whether you have a $25,000 Raymarine setup or you still are loyal to paper charts, my pitch is always simple. It's a free download. Go to the App Store and download INFX and have a backup. Oh, that's great whether INFX is your backup or your redundancy or your paper charts is a backup and redundancy, you are safe. And that's priority number one. We want everybody to be safe on the water. And if you're safe, you should have confidence. Uh, so I'm glad you kind of took the conversation there because this is something that we talk about very fondly and very regularly with everybody, you know, having that backup, have their redundancy. Uh, the other thing I just thought of, you were asking me kind of great features. There's one that I use quite regularly in INFX that I think's a little overlooked, but if I can take a minute to share with you, I think you and the listeners will probably agree. Uh, when we use things like INFX and navigation devices, we have the ability to track our course. So it's great to set up waypoints and routes, but I also want to track where I'm going. So I want to track for whether it's my captain's log or I want to analyze my route afterwards. Within INFX, you can change the frequency of the tracking pings. Oh. So we call it low, medium, or high. And basically, low is 10 nautical miles. Medium is every one nautical mile. And high is every 0.1 nautical mile. So your two good use cases to think about there is because every time it pings, the app is firing. It's creating a data point. So it is going to be using battery and it's going to be creating all of these data points as well. So if I am racing in San Francisco Bay, I probably want to set tracking to high every 0.1 nautical mile. But if I'm doing the Transpac out to Hawaii, 0.1 nautical mile may be a little bit too much data. So take it to low, track every 10 nautical miles. Now, is it storing the data on device? It stores it on device within the application in your accounts, but you can set it up to sync to our cloud or export it. So it'll automatically sync within your INFX account. So for example, if you are using your INFX account on both your iPhone and your iPad, your data can be moved and shared seamlessly between your two devices. You can also export it out and you can export it through iCloud AirDrop or, or email as a uh, KML or it's the other protocol right now. GXP, GPX, show me a blank on that, sorry. Okay, I mean, can I get it as a CSV or an Excel file? You can do that too, yes. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty neat. All right, well, I'll have, to, I'll have to try that out. Well, I love the idea of getting some more icons into the thing. We'll, we'll definitely <laughs> talk, about, talk about that. 
and I uh, I'm old, so I have also ordered paper charts for the for the new boat. So INAVX, it'll be three. It'll be the Ray Marine chart plotter mm -hmm. and radar. It'll be INAVX, and then I will have paper charts at the chart table. Sure. Now, can I ask you just two quick questions? One, you got your paper charts, you got your Ray Marine, you got INAVX. In general, day to day, which one of those systems is your go to? Well, initially, it's probably going to be INAVX just because I'm used to it. Uh, I have to sure. learn the Ray Marine system. Mm -hmm. If, uh, But I could see myself very quickly defaulting to paper charts. I mean, I've been using yeah. paper charts since I was, you know, 16. Of course. And, yeah. um, and that's just, um, you know, bef yeah. bef before the first... Uh, before the first IBM personal computer came out, I'd be using paper <laughs> charts. So it's been a while. Absolutely. Um, and I have no and idea how to put waypoints into this Ray Marine system or if I can import, I don't know anything about it. And so if I'm if I'm in a hurry, if I'm looking for something, mm -hmm. and right now Ray Marine is not gonna be the first, the first thing. It's yeah. gonna take a while to make that a, a habit, yeah. I think. Yeah. I gotta see if and I can then... put the iPad in a waterproof pelican uh, mm -hmm. uh, or a you know, box and find a way to mount it at that nav station. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, there is a great company called Binnacle Mate, which creates uh, mounting stations for iPads. So they're waterproof, oh. and then they can mount to pretty much any type of surface. They've got a bunch of attachments. So now that has been a very popular uh, product to be used in partnership with an iPad and INFX. So take a look at Binnacle Mate. Excellent. Well, before we yeah. call it a day on this episode of the Tactics Meeting, Sean, can you think of any last thing that you would like the listeners to know? I think one has just been a wonderful pleasure to be on here with you and a wonderful opportunity to share our story with everybody. Uh, I think I'll you know, echo something I said before, which is we always want everybody to feel safe uh, and have confidence in the water. That comes from knowing your systems, having backups and redundancies. And if INFX can be a part of everybody's gear next time they step on board, you know, that's something we you know would encourage. Uh, there are many other marine navigation applications out there. So, you know, whether it's INFX, you know, our good friends at Navionics have an app, CMAP have an app, there are a bunch of other independents as well. Uh, but we stand behind INFX as the most complete and professional solution for mobile marine navigation. Uh, it also helps that we have, you know, the broadest offering of charts. We spoke about the NOAA charts, so we got the raster and the vector. But don't forget that with INFX, we have full global coverage of charts. So whether you're sailing in the Bahamas, Croatia, Indonesia, or Australia, INFX is there and has a chart for you. Well, I'll need the Canadian charts too for the Gulf Island, so we'll, we'll be getting that subscription. As we well. can help you with that. Awesome. Yes. Sean Steingold from INAVX, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Dan, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Tactics Meeting. If you have an idea for a program or would like to be a guest, you can email me. The address is podcast at thetacticsmeeting.online. You can call me at 206-495-3805. And if you want to help out and be a sponsor of the program, 
even as little as $1 a month can help defray the cost of hosting and recording and other uh, uh, equipment issues. So go on over to thetacticsmeeting.online, click uh, Patron, and sign up to be a sponsor of the program. And now, let's all get back to work.